Welcome to Go Electric, where we cover some of the most interesting topics around electrification and clean tech. Today's show is brought to you by ChargeUp USA, a one-stop shop turnkey marketplace for EV charging solutions and expert installation services. ChargeUp USA streamlines the process of finding the best EV charging stations and the best service professionals at the best price. Now, I want to welcome our viewers to Go Electric. I'm Rob. And I'm Josh, and we're passionate about making the world cleaner and greener. We are looking at all angles of the clean tech revolution, and our goal is to spread awareness about all of the incredible things that are helping to change our world for the better. If you're like us and you're passionate about clean tech and electrification, be sure to like this video and click that subscribe button below. Today, we're excited to welcome Whitricity. They are pioneering and developing wireless charging for electric vehicles. It's fast, it's efficient, and these global automakers are accelerating the development of EV platforms and Ytricity is focused on improving the ownership experience. So with Ytricity, this wireless charging, there's no more cables, no mess, and no worry about remembering to charge. Joining us today is Amy Bars-Dukas, the Chief Marketing Officer at Ytricity. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Josh. Happy to be here. We're glad now, to Amy, have you. I was reading that Ytricity was an MIT spinoff. Can you tell us the story behind how Ytricity first got started? Sure. Um, there were a group of uh, uh, physicists at MIT who came up with the concept of wireless uh, transfer of power over distance using magnetic resonance. And so in 2007, Ytricity was spun out of MIT in order to take those essential concepts and those essential patents and to be able to productize that. And so we have been uh, working uh, over the past decade and some, um, to really uh, bring that to life. And I think one of the things that you all are certainly aware is that the automotive industry uh, doesn't necessarily move very quickly. Uh, but one of the key things in the automotive industry is standards. And so a good chunk of that time has been spent with Whitricity working with the SAE and ISO and IEC and the China GB standards to really develop standards for wireless charging so that as it begins to roll out now, people can be sure that the charger they have is going to work with the car they have and vice versa. That's fantastic. And I'm just curious to know, you know, how did you get involved with Ytricity and what's, what's your passion for electrification? So uh, my family and I uh, here in California, you know, kind of the, the living heartbeat of uh, electrification, is, if you will, have long been passionate about um, going green. You know, we bought our house here in, in San Jose. The first thing we did was put on the solar panels and install the charger for our EVs. Um, and it was last summer that I um, had been working for a fleet company. It had been acquired. And Ytricity came knocking and the draw for one was just how cool the technology is and um, the promise it holds for anyone who has had an EV or has an EV today when you ask them, what if you didn't have to deal with the plug? People get really excited. Um, and also just 
you know, the pedigree of the people um, who are running uh, Ytricity, um, really a great team. And it's been a fantastic six months so far. That's so exciting. Now, I had a, a question that's sort of an obvious, but for our viewers and our listeners, would you be able to describe how wireless charging works? Okay, so um, the, when people think about wireless charging, normally the first thing they think about is like with your, uh, with your smartphone mm -hmm. where you put it on a charger and it has to be aligned perfectly. Um, that is inductive charging. Um, most of the time that it's using the Qi standard and those are two coils that have to be almost touching if not actually touching and they have to be perfectly aligned in order for the charge to take i think a lot of us have thrown a watch or a phone on a charging pad to come back later to find out it didn't charge because it wasn't perfectly aligned that is not the case with the wireless charging that we do that uses near field magnetic resonance and so instead of, um, you know, a, a, a radio frequency or something that is, you know, kind of just in the air, these are specific magnetic resonators that form a relationship with each other. So there is a ground pad that connects to a wall box or to the source of electricity. And this has uh, coils in it that generate this magnetic resonance. But if there's nothing for it to talk to, it doesn't do anything. It only becomes active when a receiving pad comes over it and the allowances are pretty broad. You don't have to be exactly aligned. And there is a lot of forgiveness in terms of the Z height as well. So how high or low that is. So when these two coils form that relationship, it creates magnetic resonance, which then transfers energy into the vehicle directly to the battery. That's super. So you guys are actually using this technology. I saw a very large patent portfolio you guys were talking about on your website. So when it comes to this charging, which doesn't require perfect alignment, and it comes to this, this technology you are using, what other applications are you using it in besides electric vehicles today? Sure. Um, so there are a number of our licensees who have taken um, the core technology um, and are doing great work in factory automation and robotics. For example, um, when you can have a a device in a hospital setting that is a, essentially a robot that goes in and disinfects operating theaters after a surgery. Um, it's great that nobody has to touch it to plug it in to recharge. It can just go its merry way and then go park itself over the charging pad, recharge, and, you know, in places where anybody having to touch something like in a hospital setting is a challenge, it's a great way to preserve the um, the cleanliness and the sanity of the sanity of the, the device. Um, we're seeing it also in use in um, places where uh, humans would not like to be, things that are dirty or messy. So we're seeing um, milk, uh, cow milking robots 
that can go and recharge wirelessly. And one of the great appeals there is because there are no wires, the mice who come along with the barns and the cows don't eat the wires and render the uh, charging useless. Um, Similarly, cleaning uh, the nets in fish farms, for example, is another place where the device can go and then it can go charge itself and people don't have to deal with that. Um, We also, you know, there are are much lower power devices for um, applicable for scooters. So there are um, e-mobility devices in use uh, today that are charging wirelessly. Um, And really, it can even go down to consumer devices, uh, medical implants. Imagine a pacemaker that doesn't have to be replaced every five years because you can charge it wirelessly while you sleep. Wow. So I was not surprised by your, you know, your healthcare uh, customers, but I'm definitely surprised by the use of this on the farm. That is not what I expected (laughs) when I asked that question, (laughs) Um, which is a perfect segue into this question. So, um, you know, obviously Rob and I are real passionate about EVs, but let's talk about your, your buyer. Cause I'm assuming that the buyer will be, you know, you've talked, you touched on healthcare here and agriculture and of course the EV industry, but for those who are listening um, who might want to use this technology? Like, let's let's describe the average Whitricity buyer. Who who is this person? So today, um, you know, the install base of the EVs are reliant on the plug, and it may be one of several different types of plugs. Um, and so we envision a world in which the EVs come from the factory with wireless charging enabled. And so our target customer is somebody who, in lieu of putting a plug-in level two charger in their home, would have a wireless charger installed. So that perfect customer is somebody who's passionate about EVs, passionate about convenience, doesn't want to worry about remembering to plug in. Somebody who may want to have a vehicle to grid enabled and what better way than just parking over the charging source, then you don't have to remember to plug it in or think, oh, I didn't plug it in because my battery was full and then whoops, now I need the B2G. That becomes a a, a non-issue. So we think first, it will be people who are buying EVs um, with the wireless charging enabled, but we also see a world where we can provide an opportunity for people who currently own EVs to upgrade their ride, if you will, um, and and make that work. And certainly, we know today, um, early EV adopters are very passionate about their vehicles. And uh, when we did a survey of current EV owners, you know, 96% of them were very interested in bringing wireless charging to their vehicles. That's not a surprise at all. I know there's a lot of movement across different automakers getting on this train. That's where we're going. So that leads to another question I have, which is what is Whitricity doing to be interoperable across these different manufacturers like Tesla and Ford? Yeah, um, I think the the automotive standards is a really key um, opportunity. So um, having this common standard through the SAE that is supported as well in Europe with IEC and China GB standards is probably one of the most important things that we've accomplished in the last decade. Um, And providing that standard and now working with the automotive um, tier ones to implement it in the solution. So we're seeing uh, Hyundai has rolled out uh, the um, Genesis GV60, which is the first 
battery EV that has wireless charging enabled um, uh, from the factory as an option. Uh, so we're very excited by that. And in fact, the uh, uh, Korean language publication uh, surveyed readers about what is the feature they're most excited about um, by the GV60. Now, wireless charging was number two. And you say, okay, so we're number two. That's the exciting thing. Well, number one was this very cool um, safety feature because EVs are so quiet, you may or may not realize whether it's on. And so they have this crystal sphere um, that is a decorative element. It's only once the vehicle is on that you actually have access to um, the shifting mechanism. So pretty cool safety feature, first of its kind. We feel okay about coming in second to that, but I think once people see it in action, they'll they'll really think of us as number one. That's awesome, fantastic. So I wanna get into efficiency. Uh, when we talk about wireless charging compared to current plug-in charging alternatives that are available today, how comparable is wireless charging to say a, a level two charging station? So I, I think there's there's two things that um, that we need to touch on here. One is uh, wireless charging is not limited to a given level, right? So um, we have um, upgraded a uh, Tesla Model Three in our Watertown offices to charge wirelessly. And the wireless charging system we're using is the 11 kilowatt system that charges at the same level as a level two charger does. So it's designed to be roughly the same as a level two and it is as efficient as level two, but we can also build wireless charging at higher power. So whether it's 25 kilowatts, 75 kilowatts for you know buses and transportation all the way up through um, class eight over the road trucks. So they can come in different sizes and shapes. But let's talk about the level two, um, because one of the um, the biggest misunderstandings, and it seems to be that the more passionate people are about EVs, the more they think that wireless charging won't be efficient. So when you think about charging, mm -hmm. you put the plug in. So from the wall, you're being charged a certain amount of electricity, right? That's coming through the plug. Now, um, that electricity goes into the vehicle, but the car actually makes decisions about how much to take and where to put it, depending on the status of the vehicle. So it's very cold outside or it's cold around the car. The car will spend a fair amount of time and energy warming up the battery so that it can efficiently accept the charge. So you may have, you know, 11 kilowatts coming from the wall, but you're not getting 11 kilowatts to your battery. Mm. You're not going to get 11 kilowatts to your battery, regardless of what's going on, because there are also functional blocks in the plug that basically are there to keep either your house or your car from blowing up. So an 11 kilowatt system is probably going to deliver about 10 kilowatts into the vehicle. And then depending on the state of the battery and the state of the charge, you know, you'll get somewhere in that vicinity. So most plug-in chargers are going to be 89 to 94% efficient. So in wireless charging, that same 
11 kilowatt system. It doesn't have those same functional blocks. It has a little bit of loss depending on how well aligned you are. But what we're going to deliver is that same, you know, 10 kilowatts into the vehicle at the same efficiency as the level two plug. And it's actually, you know, it's one of the things that um, you kind of have to see it. If you see our Tesla Model 3, you can look at the screen in the Tesla and it tells you, you know, how much charge it's getting. You compare that to when you plug it in a level two charger and they are essentially the same. Thank you for that. That was a, that was a really great answer. Um, you know, when we, we think about wireless charging, um, it really does seem like the future of EV charging is, is going to be wireless. It just makes a lot of sense. How far out are we from actually seeing, you know, Y-Tricity chargers in the wild? Or are, are, there, are there companies and businesses that are already taking advantage of this at scale? Um, and how long do you anticipate that it will be before we see as many wireless chargers out there as we do plug-in alternatives? No, it's a great question. Um, I think the um, automotive OEMs um, in China and Korea in particular are moving very quickly. So we have the Hyundai uh, Genesis GV60. Um, there are several models of Chinese um, EVs that we'll be shipping this year with wireless charging enabled um, and delivered by one of our licensees there. So they're moving very quickly and very aggressively. Um, I think in other places, it's taking a little bit more time, um, but I would expect that you would start to see wireless charging in some quantity beginning in 2023. You'll start to see more and more pilots as we go through 2022. Um, there are pilots in different places in the world today. There's a, a, a set of taxis that have wireless charging in the taxi queue in Nottingham in, in the UK. Um, and the taxi drivers are delighted because they don't have to worry about uh, turning down a fare towards the end of their shift because they don't have enough power because they get a power snack every time they sit in the queue. Um, similarly, there are... Um, uh, airport shuttle trials, other taxi trials, and we're working with a number of entities here in the U.S. to roll out trials in the first half of 22. So a lot more coming there. Um, I think it's, it's important as we look at things like the infrastructure bill here in the U.S. Um, that is coming out and, you know, there's a, a tremendous focus on um, electrifying um, with high-speed chargers along the highway corridors. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a critical step. It has to happen to get people around uh, range anxiety. Um, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, according to the latest AAA studies, the average vehicle is driven 40 miles a day. Okay, 40 miles a day is well within the range yeah. of um, EVs. And so most cars spend most of their time parked waiting for their next journey. Um, and making that parking the place that the charging happens is what's really going to get broad-based adoption for EVs. And the easiest way to do that is with wireless charging. Um, I know my Watertown, uh, Massachusetts colleagues are buckling down for a big snowstorm in Watertown this weekend. Um, and another benefit of wireless charging, of course, is that it uh, 
it can be flush with the road so the snowplow doesn't um, destroy it. You know, I've, I've, got, I've got a brother-in-law. He is a car designer, advanced car designer at GM. And he says, you know, everything they're working on today has to do with driverless solutions in the future. And um, so when I think about wireless charging and knowing that there's going to be so many driverless cars as well as large fleets on the road, you know, the, it's like the what you were touching on earlier with robots. I mean, these are robo taxis or robo fleets out there that can't just plug themselves in. So, you know, how are they going to accomplish the charge? You know, they're going to they're going to do it with wireless charging. So I just think that's that's so wonderful. I, um, it's it's super cool. And it's also yeah. super efficient because. Uh, wireless charging allows those vehicles to park much more closely um, when they are, you know, being serviced. Um, so it can save space as well. You don't have to have the same clearances. Um, and wireless charging is a lot more accessible. So um, if you can drive a car, you can park it and you can charge. And that's a, a pretty great uh, solution for everyone who drives. It kind of stuck out to me too, thinking you know, you've seen these pictures of electric cars parked on the streets and they've got the cords going across the sidewalks. So, right. you know, it's interfering even with the walkways and with electricity, that becomes basically a non-issue. It probably helps with, you know, I would guess ADA compliance and other things that those cords get in the way of. So that that is that's exciting. And <laughs> I'm with yeah. Rob. I, I would see this as being the logical step as EVs become more common on our roads. Um, so with that in mind, let's look ahead. What wireless charging innovations are you most excited about um, here in 2022? What's over the next hill people should be looking out for? So I think one of the things that we're going to see that we're really excited about is um, the use of wireless charging with autonomous valets. Um, today's EVs can do all kinds of things. You know, my uh, BMW can park itself and I just do this. You know, I, So it's not long before... I get out of the car and it can go park itself. Now, what better thing to go park itself and to also charge itself. So I come out after dinner and I don't have to worry about whether I have the range to get home because that's automatically happened. And so we're working on some pilots on that now. Um, we've done some demos and that's pretty cool. I think the, um, the autonomous um, is one thing we'll see soon enough, but even sooner will be the use of wireless charging for um, ride shares where you have EVs that ride share and they tend to come back and they have to get parked in a home zone, right? But one of the concerns people always have is how far did the last guy drive it and does it have enough charge for me to do what I need to do? So now that home zone is a parking lot with wireless charging and those ride shares come back, park, and you always know they're going to be charged um, the next time you come around. So I think we'll start to see more and more pilots like this with municipal fleets, ride shares, um, college and corporate campuses, where you'll start to see and people will get more exposed to the wireless charging. And then they will start um, calling their car companies and saying, when, when do I get it? Just thinking about that, if I'm a restaurant, you know, and I'm trying to reach these people that are going to be driving these new wireless cars, it seems like getting out ahead of this and deploying this technology 
you know, at my small business could be a way to attract those, those new people out on our roads. Right. Absolutely. Um, so you guys have some pretty bold aspirations here. I saw a number of job openings on your site for wireless charging and um, experts in this space in general, what type of roles are you looking to fill uh, right now for the sake of those listening to our podcast? We are looking for engineers. We're looking for um, electrical engineers. We're looking for software engineers. We're looking for people who have experience in the automotive industry. Um, you name it. So, um, if you are an engineer who is interested in um, electric vehicles, please come to our website and take a look and send us your resume. Um, we really are looking to expand uh, pretty significantly. And is this uh, nationwide openings or even global openings? Is it location specific at all? So we we are global. Um, our engineering centers today are in Watertown, Massachusetts, in uh, Zurich, in Switzerland, and in Auckland, in New Zealand. But um, certainly, as we have all learned during pandemic, people are working from lots of other places. So I wouldn't let location be a hindrance. Excellent. Thank you. Amy, if somebody's interested in learning more about Ytricity, where can they find you? Um, Ytricity.com. So it's Ytricity, wireless, W-I-tricity, tricity, uh, .com. Um, and please uh, visit us and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We send out a monthly newsletter with all of the latest happenings and trials and what's going on and would love to keep people informed. Fantastic. Well, for those listening, be sure to like this video and click that subscribe button so you don't miss a beat and be sure to tune in to future episodes of Go Electric. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And as I like to say, long live the pioneer. Thank you so much.